Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order special edition Faith Friday here with author Emily Hill. She's a mom, a wife, minister, social worker, and author growing up as the child of a pastor trained as a social worker employed in professional ministry for over a decade. Enduring the messiness of life and earning a master of divinity has all woven together in ways that have allowed Emily to meet Jesus more personally. She loves sharing everyday moments of epiphany to encourage others in ways to discover God in all circumstances and share him at all opportunities. Author Emily Hill, thank you for being here and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am so excited about this. <laughs> I just starting off reading about your book and I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm reading about it and I, and I love that it's not like every single day. Like I don't pick Mm -hmm. up this book and I'm not committing to 30 Mm -hmm. days or a 365 days of going through a devotion Mm -hmm. you just leave room for the Holy spirit. Can you talk a little bit about that real quick? Yeah. I mean, I've always been someone that if I picked up a devotional or if I start like the Bible in a year programs, as soon as I miss a day, a day turns into like three days. And before you know it, it's like collecting dust on my bookshelf. And so I've been kind of intimidated by those. And like you said, they don't really allow for like wiggle room for the spirit or for real life. So when I was um, kind of putting this together, I wanted it to be something that You could pick up, you could read a few sections in one day, or you could read one section in a week. And it just kind of works for life. And it gives opportunities to to deep dive, to take as much time as you need in scripture and and with the spirit kind of working through it. So yeah, it's definitely something that that you can do at your own pace um, for as as little amount of time as you need or for as long as you want to spend sort of sort of digging in with it. As, as a mom of young ones, who's a social worker, who's a minister, who's a wife, who's taking kids to soccer and all of the other things, my heart rejoices in, in a book that doesn't force me into something. Right. You, you transitioned from children's ministry and you got your MDiv. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a big deal. That's not easy to do, right? You spent a lot of time to do that. And then you, Mm-hmm. transitioned at some point to a hospice chaplain. What yeah. was that like? <laughs> well, so yeah, I spent about seven years in, in full-time children's ministry and it was perfect and it was wonderful. My kids like grew up um, in the children's ministry that I was leading. And then as I got the the Master of Divinity, I have always sort of felt a leaning and a calling toward end of life care. And, and so a position opened up with hospice. And so I served, um, as a hospice chaplain for a few years and, um, it's a very different environment than children's ministry for sure. The, the tone and the vibe is, is a lot different, but I think there's a similar simplicity in meeting God in both of those places. You have a lot of opportunity to ask real questions. You have a lot of chances to to encounter God in really sweet and simple ways that sometimes in our in our day-to-day lives as adults we we don't navigate as as easily as children and those facing the end of life do. Seems to me that you can have really honest and real conversations <laughs> with and then the oldest and wisest among us, you can have really 
real conversations mm-hmm. with. And then the people in between like us, it's, we get stuck. It's like trying, we care too much what people think maybe. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, what would you I think we it have to? it all figured out with, mm-hmm. <laughs> at this stage of life sometimes I think. So yeah, kids are, kids are willing to ask like all the questions, like in my book, I I end it with my kids asking like, do dinosaurs go to heaven? And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I'd love to kind of ponder that with you because I think sometimes we do stop asking questions for a while in life. And then um, if we have the privilege of growing old and um, I think a lot of those questions start to resurface as we consider what we we think we know and and what we haven't really figured out. Mm-hmm. You said at one point that the attack of the en- enemy was abundant. Mm. Um, what did what did you mean by that? I, I grew up in in a pastor's home and and in like a a beautiful loving family and um, super privileged and blessed to grow up that way. But but as I as I got older, um, you know, life has a way of of happening. And I encountered um, some different loss with family members, struggled through um, marriage issues, and ultimately walked through um, a miscarriage. And it was in a way and at a time that um, it was really unexpected and really hurtful and heartbreaking. And I remember just working in full-time ministry earning my master of divinity, the last thing I expected to experience was like a really significant loss. And I, I remember feeling, um, there's a Psalm that talks about being, being pulled up out of, out of the pit and out of the miry clay. And I, I felt that pit and Mm -hmm. I, I felt alone and lost. And I really had to come face to face with, with who I believed God to be um, in the midst of what felt like a really deep and intentional attack from the enemy. And, and it was, it was hard and it wasn't pretty and it wasn't something, you know, that, that you'd put on social media and and talk about. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard to, to work through, um, understanding that God is good all the time, but, how that feels in, in real life and, and kind of encountering who God really is in the darkness. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. I, <laughs> Thank you. How long did it take? And it's not about the timeline. I just want to understand mm-hmm. your journey and your story. How long did it take before you were able to really experience genuine healing after that loss? Oh, gosh. I mean, at least a couple years, if I'm being honest. You know, they talk a lot about like stages of grief and and things like that. And um, I just think it takes a while to really work through it. Um, And it and it became a faith, a faith journey. And so I don't know if that made it longer, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but ultimately led to um, some some wholeness and healing that I wouldn't have experienced if I hadn't been willing to go on the on the long journey. Um, wow. But but definitely a couple of years, I think, to experience experience yeah. healing. How are you different as a person after having gone through all the things that you've gone through, good and bad? Mm-hmm. I think I'm um, more honest all around. Um, I think growing up in, 
a faith-based home and environment, I was really good at um, putting on a smile and saying that everything was fine and just going with it and, and burying the pain and the hurt and the doubt. And um, now I think I just live a bit more authentically. I, what I, what I talk about a lot is that, um, you know, when, when I sort of hit that moment of, of, of pain and darkness, I really, what I realized was there was such a huge gap between my religion and my real life. And I was living one way in the four walls of a church and kind of totally different on the outside. What I, what I preached wasn't always being put into practice. And, um, so I think now though I've 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 closed the gap or at least God has built a bridge over it that I'm that I'm willing to hang out with him on and and he's gotten me across the gap and and through all the darkness. So I think I definitely live more more honestly and authentically now for sure. Paint a picture of of your childhood. You said your dad was a pastor. You had a seemingly a good childhood like it oh, was yeah. a good faith-based yeah. environment, but mm-hmm. what kind of church and- was it and Yeah. So I grew up, my dad's a Methodist pastor. Um, so my, my first few years, I was born in Kentucky while he was still in seminary. So kind of, uh, went to his first couple church assignments with him. And then he became an evangelist when I was in elementary school. So he traveled all the time. Um, so like on the weekends we would be out and about going to a handful of church services, um, you know, kind of ministering alongside him. We, as, as good preachers, kids know how to like sing and play the piano and all the things. So we would, and in the summer do camp meetings and revivals and, you know, all that good, good church stuff from the nineties and the early two thousands. But yeah, I mean, we grew up with surrounded by family and um, it was, yeah, it was lovely, relatively perfect. That's, <laughs> kind that's of awesome. Growing up. Yeah. Well, it, it's a testimony to your parents and their faithfulness and their wisdom and um, their parenting skills, because a lot of times pastors' kids don't have that that great <laughs> experience. And yeah, yeah, gonna... and I mean, you know, like I I definitely had some years when I um, tried to step out on my own and do my own thing and see what all I had missed out on. And um, you know, I would never advocate for for bad behavior, but I learned a lot of lessons and trying to make decisions that strayed from, from the foundation I had been built on. And, um, so I, yeah, I am forever grateful for, for that upbringing and that background. Gratitude. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard to suffer and, um, be upset and angry and depressed when you have an attitude of gratitude. It is, it is hard. Yeah. yeah, when that's, you know, kind of at your at your core, it gives you something to to kind of pull on when when things get tough. Um mm-hmm. I know like for me when I like kind of end up in dark places in life, I I gravitate toward toward Job because he like knew what it was like to to suffer and um you know, they say that misery loves company. So I think sometimes I like to go there and sort of participate in in his pity party a bit. But the the passage in Job that's always um, stuck out to me and kind of got my attention, I think, when I was when I was struggling, because when I like hit the dirt, I 
I didn't handle it appropriately at first. And, and I think of Job and his wife and when he's kind of lost everything and his wife comes up to him and pretty much in her sorrow and hurt says, you know, like just curse God and die. And, and Job says, you know, we, we go to God on the good days. Why not on the bad too? And I kind of leaned into that a lot as, you know, like, a goal, like life goals, you know, like we, we want to, we want to appreciate and, and celebrate God's presence on the good days, but he's with us just as much on the bad days. And so in Job, it talks about like how he fell to the ground and worshiped. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I'm really good at falling to the ground, but I don't know that I've always been good at worshiping there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a place that, um, you know, I've come to, with God and, and falling to that foundation that I was built on, I think has helped. The, the world teaches us to get right back up, but sometimes we mm-hmm. just need to stay prostrate and worship. That's really mm-hmm. good. Uh, was it during this, the, the miscarriage and the aftermath, the, was that when you would say that you started to notice the disconnect between real life or you could even say real mm-hmm. faith and religion? Yeah, I I think it was. I think it was what shook me up enough to sort of look around and notice some of the divide that had already been already been there, but I think it was in my my desperation and my attempt to cling to whatever I could or push away from whatever I could that that kind of caught my attention that wait a second, there's something not lining not lining up here. Yeah. Sounds like you had an epiphany. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> is, is is that where the name of the book came from? It did, yeah. So okay. this, I mean, this book really started as, um, like I wouldn't say diary entries, but as like my own notebook that I was keeping when I started just really walking through scripture. Um, you know, I've 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 read the Bible before, but it was at this point where um had kind of gone through a really rough couple years, and then. Um, my husband actually ended up in the hospital and I picked him up on New Year's Eve. And I remember sitting there like as the clock struck midnight, right? And you're kind of making these New Year's resolutions and figuring out what you want to do. And I remember just being like, this has been a horrible year. Like what, what is on the horizon? Like what can come next? And And I just intentionally spent some time with God. And I remember him telling me like, just be with me and we'll figure some things out. And so I just would pick up my Bible every day um, with the intention of just reading and seeking for the sake of understanding. And I would jot little notes down in my notebook and they, they turned into everyday epiphany. So everyday epiphany, the name of the book, it was Mm -hmm. really based on your journey through scripture so it's 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 really based on the Bible and the insights that you were being given there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know we we study and talk about Epiphany a lot in the church. Like it's when the wise men went on their journey and and followed the light and and found this baby and and understood him to be all that he was going to become for all of us. And so, like Epiphany, that's that's why we call it Epiphany because if you look up that word. In the dictionary, it means like a, an illumination or an understanding. Yeah. And it's it's what we all should be seeking, right? As Christians, as as believers, even as as people who don't really know 
what they believe or understand. If if we kind of wind our way through scripture the way that the wise men did and and intentionally follow the light, I think we can see God show up in our everyday lives in places where he's already been, but maybe we didn't notice. Um, wow. Maybe we weren't paying attention, but that's why, you know, I, I, I sought to understand who he is in, mm. in the world around me, in my day-to-day life. <laughs> How can someone out there listening right now, whose interest is peaked, start having their own mm-hmm. everyday epiphany moments? Yeah. So I know that if if the Bible's unfamiliar to you, it might be a bit a bit daunting, but I do always always recommend going straight to scripture, like straight to the source. And there are some great, you know, study guides and commentaries and um like a, a little things that you can read to go along with the Bible. But ultimately the Bible is where you should be basing your understanding of of who God is. And so I suggest finding a, a Bible translation that that works for you. Um, there's a few that I like to dabble in, um, but find a Bible translation that makes sense. Um, that as you read it, you can understand what you're reading so that you can then apply that to your everyday life. And it's it's not a, you know, working scripture to fit what I want to do with my life, but it's reading scripture to understand who is being talked about and then looking around and seeing the evidence of him everywhere. I mean, he really is everywhere. And it's wild when you start to to really spend time in scripture with with the goal of of seeking him and who he is. He kind of shows up in the craziest places, the most mundane parts of life. Um, you know, not just the the highs and lows, but kind of the day-to-day things. But I always recommend just going to scripture. And if, if it helps to talk through it, you know, find some friends, whether in your day-to-day life or online that um, can help work through difficult verses or kind of pray you through difficult times too. I think going to the written word of God is got to be the foundation it's what keeps us grounded it's it's like the anchor that keeps us from being pushed around by all the winds and the waves of life um what what version of the bible do you you said you have a couple that you dabble in yeah (laughs) um honestly i mostly read the modern english version that's like my primary go-to um and then I also like New Living Translation is kind of my secondary one, mostly for study. Obviously, NIV. I mean, you <laughs> have to pull that at some point, I think. And then I do have a very deep love for the message translation. Um, not for study purposes necessarily, but when I am struggling with a verse or just sort of want to want to hear it in a different light or kind of in different language. I love going to the message translation. This might seem like a silly question, but I'm curious genuinely. Do you ever sit there and just pray or do you ever pray like before you open the Bible and say, God, illumine this for me or give me epiphanies? Yeah, maybe not in that exact language, but for sure. I usually have to ask like to clear, like ask God to clear my mind, to clear out the distractions because I'm one of those people that usually has like a to-do list running as soon as my eyes open, my grocery list, the, you know, kids activities, things like that. Everything's sort of going at, at warp speed in my mind at all times. So I usually always kind of take a moment to pause, 
catch my breath, <laughs> take a sip of coffee and ask God to like clear out all of the junk so that I can, you know, really focus and, and hear what he's saying. Cause I definitely think that conversation with God and reading the scripture is a back and forth activity. It's not just me talking and reading it's interacting with, with his word. I'm going, I'm definitely going to ask you more about the book. What was the process like of, of transferring your journal in a sense? I mean, your mm -hmm. personal notes into a format to be shared widely with other people. Yeah, it was kind of multi-step. So after I had started to get in a little, a little deeper with, with God and, and jotting down all of these notes, I felt a push to to share them, to share what I was learning with, with other people. Um, and so at that time I had went to just little weekly posts on social media. So I would kind of put a picture of something from my daily life and where I found God in it and connect it back to the scripture passage that had sort of brought it to light for me and, and shown me God in that moment. So I started doing those and, um, had some really cool interactions following those. I had like old like acquaintances from high school reach out and and touch base and um friends from college and and just like weird connections cuz you always collect this like group of people on your social media platforms that you maybe like walked down the sidewalk with once 10 years ago. And so so I started having these interactions with people and and then I felt another nudge to to share it more. And so I just started compiling it into this book, adding in some study sessions and some opportunities to to deep dive into scripture. And um, I did go through then the the publishing process and, and put it all together and, and had it edited and um, have kind of been um, just navigating it with the help of some professionals and uh, you can learn a lot from Google and YouTube. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm YouTube certified on a lot of things. <laughs> right, right. How long has the book been out and, and how's that been going? Is it generally well received? Yeah, so it um, was published back in April. Um, and so it's been going well. It's been fun to and scary to kind of put... Um, some intimate moments with God out into the world and to share what I've learned. Um, but I've, I've really enjoyed the opportunity for people to pick it up. I've had different churches will pick it up and use it as like a Bible study tool. Um, so there are some like guides that you can get that go along with it that I'm happy to share. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun for people who I know and those who I don't know kind of having an opportunity to walk through life with me and, um, learn about God along the way. Are you getting fan mail yet? No, no, not yet, but I would love some. <laughs> okay. I've, I've gotten one email so far from, from a, a listener that was like, uh -huh. this is really helpful. Thank you. And I'm like, uh -huh. yes, I'm making a difference. <laughs> Print frame. like <laughs> Just needed one. Thank you. Father. Right. Thank you. Well, I pray that that comes for you soon. How can people find more um, information about your ministry, Emily, and of course about the book itself? Yeah, so you can find a lot about me and the book at Everyday Epiphany by Emily Hill.com. 
Um, I love to do speaking events and everything like that too. Uh, so there's information there to be able to reach out to me for booking purposes and Great. book purposes. So both of those can be found on there. Um, I'm also on Instagram. You can find me at baby mama minister. And I like to, to chat on there as well. Okay. Baby mama minister. How did you, <laughs> how did you come up with that? Please share. When I was getting my master of divinity, we had to do like a blog and that was just what came to mind. It felt fitting when I was, you know, doing my homework at 3am and yeah. kind of navigating life with much smaller kids at the time. So yeah. <laughs> I've just kind of hung on to it as my, my alter ego at this point, I guess. That's so funny. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much. One last question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you have, can you share an example or a quote unquote success story of somebody you've spoken with, maybe somebody you met at a church gathering or at a book signing event or, or anything like that, that's, that's been impacted in some way by some of your writings? I really wrote this book for people who have had a lifelong relationship with God, but also those who maybe have never had the opportunity to meet him on a personal level. So for me, I have been most impacted by uh, an acquaintance that I haven't talked to for almost two decades. Wow. And they reached out and they are somebody who I would not, not assume knew Jesus. And they reached out and they said that they had seen my post and that they had they had picked up my book and that they were wanting to dive into who God is and how he shows up in their life. And to me, that goes beyond any amount of book sales or anything that I could ever hope to achieve with the book. If just one person picks it up and, and meets God, I mean, that's just beyond what I could what I could hope or imagine would be. So, so that, you know, was really impactful for me and kind of gave me the encouragement to, to keep going because I think we all need, we all need Jesus, <laughs> like yeah. every single yeah. one of us. And, um, I just, I love the opportunity to speak about him genuinely, um, from a real life standpoint, from a person who has messed up and made mistakes and has learned how to, just cling to Jesus because yeah. when I try to do it on my own, it is just a big old mess. And so <laughs> yeah. I just, um, I just really want people to know that, that you can find God everywhere and that he is in all circumstances and he is everything that we need. And I mean that honestly, because I have tried to do it without him and I can't. And so I just, the more people who who can read the book and find God, that's that's all I hope for. Amen. Jesus said, <laughs> seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of the things you need will be added mm -hmm. unto you. Right. And we, we we want to make that like some metaphysical spiritual truth, but it's a physical, literal truth. Mm -hmm. Like if you just stop and put him first and just follow after him, say, God, what do you want me to do today? Mm -hmm. It will, it will wreck yeah. your life. It will in a, in a very good way. <laughs> yes. In, in all way. the best ways. Yeah. 
Emily, it's been such an honor and a privilege. I've and it's been fun. I've really yeah. enjoyed just feeling your love for people come through. Mm-hmm. I just feel that emanating off of you, like the love for people and the love for God and this desire to bring the two together. And I pray that God will just continue to bless that. And he bless your ministry and expand it and use it to further his kingdom on this earth. Thank you.